Cheers, uh, cheers, Will. Just think um, for a second, um, just something that, 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 that's beating you, you're struggling with, uh, you know that you're not uh, getting victory. Just have a, have a thought for now. You know, what is it that, that's, that, that you're, you, you, you're working with, you're, you're functioning with, and um, you, you feel you're not winning? Maybe it's your, your attitude, maybe it's your, your, your tongue, your words you speak, maybe it's, it's just a relationship, maybe it's, it's your financial uh, position that you're in, maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's your children, you know, that one's consistent for 30 years, they say. Uh, maybe it's, you know, something that you're struggling with, and uh, we'll just sit here that, that you could have the peace if, and Satan could be crushed, and God can give you peace. And I want you to just think, what is it that it's beaten me? What is it that I'm struggling with? We all have it. I want you to just stand. Just stand now. I want you to dig deep into your heart. And we're going we're gonna to pray. You're going to pray. You're going to pray out loud. You're going to pray within yourself. And you're going to ask God to crush Satan and what's beating you. Jesus came to crush the head of Satan. It was, it was prophesied in the book of Genesis that the head of Satan would be crushed, that, that, that Jesus would defeat him. I want you to just start, let's just start praying. You start praying out loud. You start praying to yourself to, to get victory in the area that you're struggling with. God, I want to pray, God, Lord, that you would just allow us right now to see, Lord, the things that we're struggling with every day. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just bring victory in those, Father, that we wouldn't let Satan use those little things in our lives to stop us from doing battle with, with, with you, from enjoying all that you are, God. God, that we would allow you to come in and give us the victory that you so deserve and want for us. Father, we pray that, that Satan's head would be crushed, Father, that he would have no power over us, Father, that the Spirit of God would have power within us, that we would rely on the power of the Spirit that's just working within us, Father, that we would, Lord, just come draw closer to you. Father, that we would feel the victory that you want to give us. Father, that we would not allow Satan to beat us. Lord, if he could, he would. But Jesus, we don't want that. God, we want what you offer. And you said it right there in Romans chapter 7. Lord, that victory is ours through the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we claim that now, amen. Father, we will claim it every day. When that struggle raises its dirty head, Father, we're going to claim your promises. We're going to claim your victories. And we're going to see Satan get beaten. Amen. And so, Jesus, that thing that's getting us every now and then, that's pulling us, that's tearing us apart, Jesus, we pray, God, that we would beat it in the power of your name. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. 1 Samuel chapter 20. 1 Samuel chapter 20. Uh, 
Uh, this morning, <coughs> my message is on taking it as it comes. Taking it as it comes. I, I, you know, you're most probably going to hear most probably over the next 120 hours um, of uh, driving lessons that I do over the next uh, few months, uh, just my experiences with God. And, um, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, <coughs> this morning I, I realized that I need to most probably allow half an hour extra to come to church because my son is driving and he's learning. And uh, because we, we get, you know, if you've, if you've experienced my driveway and the fullness of it, um, just at the start of when you come out of our driveway, um, this is right at the start, the first five meters of it, and you, um, there's, there's this real kind of like little hill that you have to uh, navigate that's not concreted. And anyway, um, my son stalled the car on that little hill this morning. And, and so, you know, which is not a problem. You just start the car and you, you go again. But it's kind of, he's learning how to hill start. Um, so it's an old car. It's a 1982 Ford Meteor, Norlitz classical memoir. And um, it, it's a beautiful car. And um, I'm handing it over to my son. And so he's now got to learn to hill start. And I'm thinking, hold on, this is like the fourth time he's tried. Boom, I'm going to speak this morning. Okay. And so um, we, we get here and, um, you know, you just, and I'm thinking, oh, man, do I need to allow more time? Because, you know, it was wet and then he, he, we went into this other place and, and, and then he, he kind of just drove in and parked. And then as he parked, he realized he's got to reverse out. And he's never done that before. And so I'm thinking, okay. So that allows more time. I'm thinking, wow, I need to allow more time to get to church as we go through this whole driving experience. And so, but you've got to just take it as it comes, you know what I mean? As it comes. You know, you're thinking, um, I'm teaching him how to drive. Um, what if he crashes the car? No, that won't happen. But you take it as it comes. He hasn't done that yet. Praise God. I don't think that will happen. But, but you've got to allow for that reality, you know what I mean? You know, you live in the ideal. No, you'll never crash. But then you come back to earth and you live in the reality. It could happen. Take it as it comes. I'm sitting here this morning thinking, I don't know if this is a strong word from God. Is this really what God wants to say? You know, what is God really saying? Then I think of it. Take it as it comes. Oh, take it as it comes. And here in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 20, Samuel's, I mean, uh, David is, is, is having uh, some choices to make, some decisions to make. And in uh, verse 5 to 8, David uh, replies to Jonathan and he says, Tomorrow we celebrate the New Moon Festival. I've always eaten with the king on this occasion, be the king Saul. But tomorrow I'll hide in the field and stay there until the evening of the third day. If your father, who is Saul, asks where, I, where I, am, I am, tell him I ask permission to go to Bethlehem for an annual family sacrifice. If he says fine, you will know all as well. But if he is angry and loses his temper, you will know he is determined to kill me. Show me this loyalty as my, 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 my sworn friend. For we made a solemn pact before the Lord. Or kill me yourself if I have sinned against your father. But please don't betray me 
to him. And then he goes on in verse 18. So, so Samuel's, uh, saw, uh, sorry, David is, is kind of juggling kind of two things could happen here. He could get killed. Saul could get angry with him. Saul might not get angry with him. So um, he, he's kind of like juggling it. And then in verse 18, he's, then, he, then Jonathan said, Tomorrow we celebrate the new moon festival. You'll be missed when your place at the table is empty. The day after tomorrow, toward evening, go to the place where you hid before and wait there by the stone pile. I will come out and shoot three arrows to the side of the stone pile as though I were shooting at a target. Then I will send a boy to bring the arrows back. If you hear me tell him they're on this side, then you will know as surely as the Lord lives that all is well and there is no trouble. But, got to take it as it comes, right? If I tell him, go farther. The arrows are still ahead of you. Then it will mean that you must leave immediately. For the Lord is sending you away. And may the Lord make us keep our promises to each other, for he has witnessed them. In this passage in 1 Samuel chapter 20, David is trying to determine whether Saul is angry with him. David is trying to determine whether Saul likes him or whether Saul wants to kill him. And, and David is also knowing that Jonathan is a good friend, has even thrown it out that maybe David is the one that sinned and not Saul. So it's, it's like David is throwing out every option and, and testing the waters to see what is it that God is really doing. And, it, and, and, and he's saying, if, God, if this happens, well, long live the king, long live God, and, and then we'll look at it this way. But if this happens, then, you know, long live God, and, and God is alive, and, and then we'll have to look at it this way. We'll have to do something totally different. But he's making sure, he's kind of like taking it as his come. He's looking at the options of what could happen. See, sometimes I think what can happen with us is sometimes we become so strong that this is what God wants or this is what God's doing that sometimes we don't allow for the other thing when it happens. And so we get frustrated and sometimes even angry with God that what happened is not what I wanted. What happened is not what I was thinking was a real strong word from God. Yet here's David, the king of Israel, or going to become the king of Israel, who's, who's actually putting out every option to make sure that he's, he's living in reality. God doesn't want him to kind of, kind of just miss the boat that there's going to be different things that are going to happen in our lives that there's going to be different things that are going to happen. It's not exactly happening how it's going to happen. David was, was anointed already to be the king. He was anointed. So why isn't he in the king's palace eating with the king? Because he is going to be the king. Why isn't he in there? Because he's allowing for the option that Saul is not really enjoying the process of maybe being ousted and everyone else is acknowledging someone else and not him. And so now David's kind of like going to start going on the run. This is not exactly the ideal way for a king to come to power. 
But David's prepared. He's going to take it as it comes. If this is what the Lord wants for me in my training of getting anointed and doing something great for the kingdom of heaven, this is what's going to happen. And I'm prepared no matter how that falls. No matter which way that comes, I'm prepared to allow God to do it whatever way he wants to do it and not you. You. I'm prepared. That, that You know what? And, and the Philippians tells us in chapter 4, Philippians tells us in chapter 4, he allows for the, this avenue of taking it as it comes. In Philippians chapter 4, Verse 11, it says here, he says, For now, not that I was never in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. He's learned to be content. He's learned to lean. He's learned right now to be content in the situation that he's in. And see, see that, that's, he's learning that as he goes along. He doesn't necessarily say, I've got it. He says, but I'm learning right now. See, some of us learn too often after the event has gone. We weren't content in the event. We, we weren't content. He says, I've learned to be, it's a learning process. At every opportunity that when things come to pass, I've learned to be content. I wonder if you're on the process or on the journey that you're prepared to be content at every place. You're prepared to lean on God. Jesus says that I'm here to take your burden. I'm here to, to, to make it easy, to, 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 to allow your struggle to become part of me, to allow me to take you through the struggle. And he learned to lean. I've learned to be content in whatever situation. Learn to lean. How many of us just forget about God when we're going through the struggle? I don't know what the struggle is. The struggle for you might be financially. The struggle for you might be relationally. The struggle for you might, might be your attitude. It might be your tongue. I don't know what the struggle is. But if you learn to be content in it, and you've got to take it as it comes. Because usually, when the struggle comes, it's not really what we were wanting. It's not what we were wanting at all. We actually weren't predicting it. We weren't, we, we, we weren't you know, we were going to get through it. He says, no, but I've learned. I've learned. Learning is an experience. Learning is that you've got to go through it. I believe that God allows you to go through something so that you can learn it and then you can preach it. So that you can learn it and so then you can teach it. So that you can learn it and you can tell others. It's very hard to preach something you have not learned. It's very hard to teach something that you haven't. See, when you want to teach something with passion, let God take you through it. Okay, I want to teach on trials, God, and how great they are. Well, good. Go through it. And I find there's a lot more intimacy with God. There's a lot more intimacy and, and passion and, and the Spirit of God working as you speak to others when God allows you to go through that, that opportune time to learn what it is to be in debt, to learn what it is to be broke, to learn what it is to be broken in relationship, to learn what it is to forgive. When God allows you to learn the experience, the experience becomes so more real because you learn how God worked through you. 
and in you. And you don't preach it that you read it. You preach it that you lived it and you learned it. I have learned in whatever situation to be content. I've learned it and I've experienced it. I remember the other day I was reading the Word of God and I can't remember the passage because it was never passages that were written down in the original Greek. So, but the verse said, you didn't get that joke right, don't worry. Okay, you can laugh now. Good on you. Okay, it's all right. I'll go slower on the joke so that you pick them up. Okay, I, 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 I was reading this passage in the gospel somewhere and it talked about experiencing God's love. And, I, and, and, and you know, I think I must have been reading, uh, had read about five or ten verses that morning. Nothing else mattered, but that those scriptures just jumped out at my heart, and they says that you would experience God's love. Can you experience God's love? That's more than just saying, I love you. That's more than you just reading about God's love. So you know what? God loves you. That's you having somehow engaged in the activity of walking with the living creator and experiencing his love through what he's allowing you to go through right now. Experiencing it far beyond just knowing it, far beyond. And when you start to experience it, see, you know, I'm sure, you know, the more I think of it, I, I, I reckon people think we're nuts. I think they think I'm nuts anyway. I think they're because we talk about the love of God. They're like, what? You know, I mean, you know, you've got to think, of, think of how guys react. You know, I met three guys at McDonald's the other night. They had this guy in the car park. He was wanting to step me out and fight me. I don't know what reason. But he wanted to have a fight with me because I told him that he was a sinner. Well, I told him he's a dirty, rotten sinner, Okay. Well, I told him he's a dirty, rotten, filthy sinner. Like, well, like, uh, I couldn't understand him. Why well, he wanted to fight me. And you know, I was just kind of calm and collective. And I said, let me explain, let me explain. He didn't want to. Anyway, his mates were holding him back. And, um, and, 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 and they kind of like, you know, calmed him down a bit. And anyway, later on in McDonald's, later on in McDonald's, three of them said, hey, can, can you come over here? I said, yeah, sure. And they said, what is it? What is it about you guys anyway? Oh, you know, what is it? You know, kind of like, you know, because you, you know, this is what I believe about God. I said, oh, cool. And I started talking to them about God. But, you know, there, there's three kind of like young guys that are on the experience of life, that life is party before them. Everything's before them. And they've got, yeah, and they've got a whole bit. You know, I'm sitting there thinking, if I tell them about the love of God, these guys aren't interested in the love of God. I mean, they, you know, you know to, how do you tell three kind of like party animals about the love of God? That's the last thing they would be wanting. They, even if you told them how it, 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 it's, it's great it's, it, to, to be married and to fall in love with your wife, they wouldn't even be thinking that way. They would all, the only thing they would think about yours is lust. That's all that, that love. Oh, love is lust. Love is sex. It's love to them. So can you imagine what people think when you talk to them about the love of God? Guys think, okay, mate. Oh, it's all nice, hairy, fairy. I mean, I'm sure that's how they think. But you know what? When the Word of God says that you would experience God's love, I go, I've experienced it. I know what that is. 
I can honestly tell you that I've tapped into the divine, intimate being of God, and I've experienced that. And, and, and God says that you should learn what those experiences are. And sometimes those learning experiences are going to be in situations that you're not happy with. You're not satisfied that this is really happening in your life right now. I'm right out of my comfort zone. But see, that's faith. Faith pushes you deeper into the experience so that you know the love of God. It pushes you. If it's not pushing you, you ain't going to experience it. You've got to experience God's love. And that's going to put you in the struggle where it's going to mean that you're going to have to be content. That this is what God has for you now. You know what? David said, if the arrow goes over there, it means this. Long live the king. If the arrow goes over there, it means this. You know what? Long live the king. We're all saying, but I want the arrow to go that way. And if it don't go that way, then God got it wrong. No. God was just working so that he'd put you in a realm of faith that you would have to draw closer and you would have to experience him. And not just go, see God, God works that way. I got it right. Sweet. But no, when it went that way, whew, that's not what I expected. You know? It's not what I expected. I didn't expect a $3,000 bill. I expected a $1,000 bill, God. You told me. I didn't expect that would cost me a relationship knowing you with my best friend. I thought that if I preached, I'd all get saved. The world would want to know. Wouldn't you like that? I'm saved. Everyone's going to want to know. Why didn't they know? must be on the man to tell them all. But the arrow went the wrong way, but that doesn't mean God was wrong. It means something else is going to happen, and God is going to say, be content. He says, I've learned to lean. Then he even goes on to say, and he says, I know how to live on almost. He says, no, he says, he says not that I was in need. He says, I, I've, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I know how to. He learned to understand how to live on almost, he said, almost nothing, but also with everything. I like it how he says that. He says that he lived to learn to live on almost nothing. You know, some of us say, well, I've lived on nothing. No, you've almost lived on nothing because you've almost lived on nothing because you're still here. If you lived on nothing, you would not be here You'd be dead because no one helped you. No one fed you. No one cared for you. No doctors healed you and got rid of all the gangrious rubbish that's in your gut. You've learned to understand that you can live on almost nothing. You could. I wonder if you think you could do that, huh? I prayed that when I was 21. Don't pray it. God, take everything from me. I want to learn to have nothing. I was like, what am I? I go 20 years later, I think, what was I thinking? This is crazy. Pray that? Who prays that? I didn't tell my wife I was praying. I was just saying, Lord, make us poor. <laughs> it's the craziest thing in a third of my life. 
It was really weird. I tell you, it's true. I was praying that prayer. God, make me poor to learn to live like a poor man. Next week, next day, I had a check in my, my mailbox for $2,000. I freaked out. What do I do with that? <laughs> two, now I've got to be responsible. I'd rather have nothing to tithe than mm, two grand. But God wants you to learn to live on nothing, almost nothing, just so that you could also learn to live on everything. You know? I'm sure we could all say, God, if you give me everything, I'll, I'll show people how to live as a, as a person that can give. Oh, we all say, oh, if God gave me $20 million, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'd give. Of course you'd give. But God, I, I feel like if God is going to do that, he, he actually has to allow us to learn to live on almost nothing so that we can learn to know what it is to have everything. See, God says that he is your resource. Just further down in those verses, he says that he would supply all, your, all his riches according to his kingdom. Well, he can resource you, you know? And, and Paul says that I've had to learn to understand that I actually have to live on almost nothing. I have to learn how to live like that, and I also have to learn how to live with everything. And both opportunities come your way. When both opportunities come your way, how could you, can you actually be content if you live on nothing compared to being content because you're living with everything? I, I believe if you can't be content living on almost nothing, I don't believe God's going to give you almost everything. That's, not, that's just my experience, my thoughts, my opinion, because I believe God wants to teach you how to live on almost nothing and, and praise him, to lift him up, to say, wow, God, you're doing a great work in my life today. Okay, I don't have everything, but you know what? You're still alive, right? You're still here. You're still working. I'm breathing. I can talk to others. I can do relationship. I can do life. I'm still breathing, and I can live on almost nothing because I can experience all the everything that you are. And I can be content in that. And that's what God would have you to be, to lean so you can understand, to learn so that you can lean, and to learn the secret of what it is to be content. He says it's a secret. You know what I know about most secrets? I'm not going to tell you. No, I'll tell you. It's my secret. The secret is that most people don't discover it. They're dissatisfied when the arrow doesn't go their way because they felt so strong that this was God's way. That's why I always find it really good to have two or three people that I run something by because when I think of something and I think I'm so right, I think, well, Check yourself, Rog, here. Check with a few people, because I could be so rightly wrong. Check with someone that you're hearing the voice of God, and you're not hearing what you want. See, we, we, we try to create the situations where God would work for us. Whereas I think God tries to create the situations where he would be in control, and we would be having be out of control 
and so that we can walk in the realm of faith. I believe God wants, someone Facebooked me, Facebook me the other day, they're overseas, and they said, hey, Rod, you got a word from the Lord from us? I'm like, no, I haven't been praying about that, but the first thing came to my mind, I said, yeah, yeah. See where God's working and learn. See where God is working and learn. Have a look where God's working. Don't try and create a God work here. God work here. Just have a look where God's working. Go over there and just learn. When we create opportunities ourselves sometimes, it's easy for us to do and we feel more in control. We feel like we can do this. We can live this spiritual life in a dynamic way because we created all these opportunities. But when we, we allow God to open up opportunities, when we pray for opportunities and say, God, could you do this or that? And you give God all the, and you tell God, well, God, could it be this way, this way, this way? Could it be like this, 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 and this? And when we allow God to do that, then we have to step into those opportunities and we have to learn to understand him with almost everything or almost nothing. We have to learn to understand him and be content in the issue or the situation or the struggle that we're in. To be content, to trust that we've got nothing or we've got everything. And he says that, that here, it's the secret that not many come to grips with. It's a secret. Someone said to me the other day, and it was such a, a, a true word, as I said, they said, Roger, can I look at you? And he said, I, I think you're the kind of guy that you wouldn't care what happens. You would just keep doing your thing. And I went, yeah, I don't really care. I don't really care if the world's falling apart behind me or around me. As long as God is still wanting to work and I know he wants to work, then I've got to pull myself together. Even if I'm kind of falling apart myself, I've got to somehow pull myself together, hear the voice of God, and walk and work in the situation that he's allowed me to be in right now. Working or just doing it as it comes. Taking life as it comes. How many of you thought you'd be here five years ago? How many of you thought you'd be here 10 years ago? How many of you thought that you'd be sitting in a church thinking about God 10 years ago? How many of you thought you'd be living in the Hawkesbury 10 years ago? How many of you thought that you'd be kind of looking and working with a, with, a, with a silly pastor that's got dreadlocks 10 years ago? How many of you thought that? Come on, be honest. If you did, wow, you're a real prophet. I didn't know I was going to have dreadlocks 10 years ago. Okay, so you're a better prophet than me. How many of you knew? And that's what I love about the journey of faith. You don't, you, you should not know. You should not know what's going to happen next year. You just should know this, that whatever happens, I'll be content. If I have everything, praise God. If I have almost nothing, praise God. Well, maybe praise God. But if I have everything, yeah, I bet you will know. But you don't. That, and that's what I love 
about living for Jesus. That Jesus says that foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Come follow me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, that's going like crazy. Come on, Jesus. You were born in a stable because the motels were full. It's, it's, It's this journey that inspires us that whatever comes your way, I'll be content and I'll learn the secret to resourcing myself with the riches that you have to offer. Not what the world offers, but what you have to offer. For I have learned in whatever situation, not just when things are going your way, not just when you're happy and on fire for God, not just when you've got all these Christians around you to hug you and say you're awesome, I have learned in every situation, when I feel like no one loves me, when I don't even feel like God's working today, when I feel dry, I have learned in every situation to be content. Taking it as it comes. That's the secret. He says it in Colossians, there's a secret. The power of God in you. The Word of God says that Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. Oh, he learned it. You see, it's learned. It's experienced. He learned obedience by the things he suffered. You learned obedience. You learned to be transformed. You were refined by the things you struggled with because they weren't what you wanted, but they were what God wanted to somehow refine you. You learned it. The secret. And then he goes on to say in verse 14, that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen? I can do all things. When it sucks, I can do all things. When it's awesome, I can, John can, I can do all things. But when it's hard, I can still do all things. You know, David, if the arrow goes to the left, God still reigns. But if the arrow goes to the right, God still reigns. I can do all things because God reigns. Amen? Let's just pray and we'll have lunch. Amen. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that through your death, you gave us power. Through your death, you gave us life. Jesus, you came to this world to offer us something better than what we've ever had. And we're just going to take it as it comes. Because life is ahead of us. Opportunities are in front of us. We don't know what they're going to do. We don't know where they're at. But Jesus... We're just going to take those opportunities and we're going to follow in your name and for your glory. And God's people said, amen.